You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Witwam. This is Healing Service Sunday. The last Sunday of the month, we take an opportunity to pray for the sick. Pray for anybody that is sick financially, physically, spiritually, whatever your sickness is. God is our healer. Jesus is the great physician. And uh, he makes no differentiation. He can heal your, your poverty. He can heal your, your, your physical ailments. And he can heal your mental ailments. There is nothing impossible with God, the word says. So let's start over in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. I'm going to read this scripture from the New Living Translation, just for clarity's sake. And it, it says, he said... If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, obeying His commands and keeping all His decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Ephesians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Father, I thank you that you are the healer. You were the healer in the Old Testament. And you're the healer in the New Testament. I thank you, Lord, that you came, that we would have life, and we would have life more abundantly. Holy Spirit, I ask for an anointing today, a rubbing upon each and every one of us, that whatever it is that we lack, that you supply. I thank you, Lord, that there is nothing impossible with you. You are our miracle worker. You are our healer. You are our deliverer. You are our salvation. And we give you the praise, honor, and glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 So I want to talk about God medicine. God medicine. Doesn't that sound strange? God medicine? But God's medicine is truly good medicine. I mean, I'm sure everybody's very familiar with medicine. You know, in our society, you get an ache or a pain and they give you a medicine for it. In Proverbs 17, 22, in the Amplified, it says, A happy heart is good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing. So medicine, and Merriam-Webster says that it is a Substance, a substance used in treating disease or relieving pain. Well, I thought about that and I said, well, you know what? Another word for medicine, I think, is drugs. So I looked up drug with Merriam-Webster. And it says that drugs is a substance used as or in the making of medicine in the cure or treatment. And then I noticed that both were substances. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Because then I go over to Hebrews 11, 1. And in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, now faith is the substance. Or you could say, now faith is the medicine of things hoped for. Well, what things are, are we hoping for? We could, we could put healing in there. Faith is the medicine of the healing and it is the evidence of the thing not 
yet seen. Well, what isn't yet seen? Complete health, complete wholeness. So if medicine and drugs are a substance for the healing of your body, then you can just plug it right in there and put your faith to work on it. Because your faith is the medicine for your healing. Faith is the medicine for your healing. Let's talk a little bit more about substances. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, let's go to verse 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit... Now let me ask you this. How many have ever seen a piece of fruit? Well, four of you. Okay. Fruit. It has substance, right? Fruit is substantive. It's got substance to it. You can touch it. It's tangible. It has substance. So... The fruit or the substance of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want you to think about this. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is literally fruit or substance to our life. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit, since it's a substance, you could also plug in their healing. Because we just saw that, that, that medicine and drugs, which were the, the carriers for healing, are a substance. You could put medicine right in there. And the fruit of the spirits lead to a happy, a cheerful, and merry heart and mind. Right? Isn't that what it's, what it's said to us in Proverbs? So the fruit of the Spirit literally could be said that it's a medicine. Its intention is wholeness, health, fullness. Against such, it says, there is no law. There is no law. What is the law we speak of? Sin, sickness, death. Against this, there is no law. So, a joyful, merry heart does good like a medicine. Faith is the medicine. The fruit or the medicine of the Spirit are all the manifestations, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all the things that brings you contentment. You know, when I meet with somebody who's dealing with, with, with tragedy in their life or with grief in their life or, or with turmoil and, and confusion in their life, the, the fruits of the Spirit are missing. They have not become substantive to an individual. You know, why do you think that, that uh, in the New Testament the apostles spent so much time talking about the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit? Every one of the apostles claimed to be filled with the Spirit and spoke with other tongues. I mean, you think about it on the day of Pentecost. When that happened, when the, fruit the, when the Spirit hit and the fruit manifest, 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord Jesus Christ on that day. 
when the Holy Spirit poured himself out. Because the manifestation is tangible. It healed 3,000 lives. What do you mean it healed them? Well, they were dead spiritually and became alive spiritually. Tell you what, there's no better healing than that. So God's medicine is good medicine. God's medicine is joy, it's merriness, it's happiness, it's cheerfulness, and it empowers the Word of God in your life to accomplish God's pleasure. I can tell you that, that, that when, you, when you feel rotten, cranky, and nasty, you don't feel like going and helping people. But when the fruit of the Spirit is manifesting, when joy is in your heart, it heals. It heals you so that you can go heal other people. Remember, you are a minister. If you are a born-again believer, you are a minister of reconciliation. I mean, most people don't realize that they're ministers. Like, well, no, that, we leave that for the pastor, and we leave that for the evangelist, and we leave that for the teacher. No. If you put Christian behind your name, if you put believer behind your name, if you put born again behind your name, you're a minister of reconciliation. And that love of God should be dwelling in your heart and become a medicine. That should be a medicine. It should be a, it should be a healing property in your life. Go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 12. We're going to read a couple of scriptures. We're going to invert them for the point, just for an emphasis point. Isaiah 55, 12. For you shall go out with joy and let, be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. Right? And then it says, and the mountains and the hills. What's Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24 say? Say unto the mountains, say unto your problem, be removed. And cast in the sea, don't doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you say shall come to pass, and you will have whatever you say. All right? And so when you are led forth with joy and led forth with peace, you can say unto the mountains, man... Get out of my way, break forth into singing. And the trees of the field, you are the trees of righteousness in God's field. And you should get excited when somebody receives their miracle, when somebody receives their deliverance, when somebody receives everything God has, you should get excited. You should be the one clapping and cheering. Not going, oh, why didn't I get that, God? You ever had somebody get a blessing and the first thing that hits you is a soulish thought that, well, why, why didn't I get that? Why did they get it? What? Now, you've got to stop that stuff. Remember, we've got to hold every thought captive. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Hold every thought captive. Because this is what we should be doing. Woo! I'm excited. Eugene and Deb got blessed. I'm excited. Bill and Barb got blessed. We get excited. We go forth with joy. Now, it's amazing to me what causes this. Go now back to verse 11. See what the Lord says. So shall 
my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall never return void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which it was sent. Well, you know what? When God's word is coming out of your mouth, it doesn't return void. You can have what you say. It's what the Bible says. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing that it sent. Therefore, I'll go forth with joy, be led forth with peace. My problems, they'll be moved out of my way. There shall be singing and joy in my life as the trees of the field clap their hands. A merry heart does good like a medicine in every area of your life. And I know that everything that happens in life isn't merry. There's always challenges in life to be met by the power of the joy of the Holy Spirit. Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy. With joy comes peace and endurance, long-suffering. Even when things seem rotten, you can still be kind because you can walk in kindness. The power of the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you, the manifestation of this in life. Now, it's things again, things aren't always just... Just Garden of Eden experiences. I mean, how many know that? How many have faced a trial in your life? Maybe even this week. It happens. Go with me to James chapter 1. Let me read verses 2 through 4 from the Amplified. Now remember, this was 2,000 years ago. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, when you are enveloped or encounter trials of any sort, or fall into various temptations. Wow. Count it all joy when you are enveloped with problems. Count it all joy. Why? Because a merry heart does good like a medicine. I remember uh, the story of a, a, a young man who came to, to Norman Vincent Peale and, and just said, I need your help. I, I, I just, I really need your help, doctor. I, I really need your help. I, I, I have so many problems. I just can't get away from my problems. What can I do to get away from my problems? And, 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 and Mr. Peel said to him, he says, I know a place where there's a group of people who have no problems. And he says, tell me, where are they? I want to find these people. I want to find these people who have no more problems. And he said, down at the local graveyard. I mean, how true is that? We all face problems in life. We all have trials and tribulations. They can be in any area of our life. They can be physical. They can be financial. They can be relational. They can be mental. We all face problems in life. But the Apostle James says, count it all joy when these problems envelop you. I can tell you it's not always easy to count it all joy. As a minister, I have sat by the bed of many individuals who have gone home to glory. It doesn't seem like a really glorious time. But I tell you what, I've sat by the bed of some of them who just said, I'm ready to go. 
I am so ready to go home and be with my Savior and to see the forefathers that, that went before me and my relatives. And I count it all joy. Nobody said it's always going to be fun, but there still can be joy if you choose it. I mean, you can choose to be grumpy. You can choose the negative, or you can choose the joy. We all have a choice in life. I didn't understand this, you know, when I was a kid, you know. And uh, your mom would say, you know, change that attitude, buster. You know, I didn't understand that. But there's a lot to be said about that. W. Clement Stone, who built one of the largest insurance companies uh, in America, uh, the Combined Insurance Company of America, said this. He said, it's your attitude, it's your attitude, it's your attitude. Change your attitude. He was known as Mr. Positivity. He realized that we have a choice. I'm not talking about the grieving process. I understand the pain of loss. But we don't have to get over into despair. We can count it all joy. When sorrow comes, we can remember the good times. When sorrow comes, we can remember what God has done. Verse 3. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have their full play. And do a thorough work so that you may be people perfect, perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. Now, what do we like to do as Americans when the trials are going on and haven't had their full play? We get things like, I think it's Xanax. That's just a name that happened to pop into my brain. But we look for drugs and alcohol. There is, you know, there is a huge amount of alcoholism in the church. And drug abuse. And sexual abuse. Why? Because people are trying to find reliefs for the the trials and tribulations they're in. They're not letting them have the full play out. Pastor Tommy Barnett used to say that he found out that, that his mountaintop experiences were really not his greatest times of growth. But he found out that his times of being in the valley are when he grew closer to God and when God really proved his life. See, it's when we go through these trials and tribulations that as working through them, it proves who we are. I know in 2003, you know, I've been an athlete all my life. And in 2003, when I was in that head-on collision with a semi-truck, I like to tell people I got my first helicopter ride. I'd always wanted to ride in a helicopter. The only problem is they strapped me down so tight, all I could see was the diamond tuck on the ceiling. I remember asking the EMT, can you loosen the straps up? Can you look? I just want to look out a little bit. Nope, they wouldn't, they wouldn't release me until he got on the ground at Boeing Field in Seattle. That was, a, that was a tough two years for my family. 
But you know what? I grew in compassion. Oh, you can ask my wife. I was not a very compassionate person when I was young. I was a, I was a pretty much black and white business guy. You know, and uh, looking back, there are some people that I had terminated in businesses that I could have done a little bit better job of easing the process a little bit, being a little bit more compassionate in the process. But I learned a lot. I learned compassion through that. I learned, I developed empathy through the process. Being told you'll never walk right again. That the brain damage that you suffered may never recover fully. Some may think it hasn't, but I think I'm doing okay. Those were not good reports that the doctor gave. But you know what? Whose report will you believe? See, I choose to believe the report of the Lord. I was told I'd never be able to participate in sports again. Within two years, I was throwing batting practice for my high school varsity team that I was coaching. I got certified to coach high, uh, college baseball here in the Valley and did that for several years. Whose report will you believe? It wasn't all joyful. I, tr you know, I never understood PTSD. Remember I told you I was kind of just you know, a very unsympathetic guy. I was kind of like, just get over it. You know, you got a problem, just get over it. You know, that's not rational, just get over it. But I tell you what, after being in that head-on collision with a semi-truck, I developed a uh, post-traumatic condition around semis. Now, this was, this was no, there's no rationality to it. I went to school to be a diesel mechanic. I knew everything about semi-trucks. I knew their braking distance. I knew that they were in less accidents than automobiles. I knew all of that stuff, but I didn't want to be anywhere around them when somebody was taking me to an appointment, you know, as I was in the recovery process. I didn't want anything to do with it. I mean, literally bring me to tears. I learned to be empathetic to people. I learned that the mind isn't just a black and white issue. I know, Pat, in your counseling, I mean, you've got to go back sometimes and deal with situations that people have, you know, decades ago that are affecting them physically today. Fortunately, thank God, I found a great Christian counselor. Most of you know Dr. Uh, Jeff Wagaman, who's been here and spoken at our, our church before. Um, he was not a nice man. He stuffed me in his little Z3 Mercedes two, or a BMW two-seater. I did not want to be in a small little compartment car like that. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes we got to work out the process, right? We got to run it to completion. I mean, I could have cut it off. I could have said, no, I'm, I'm done. Just give me drugs and I'll deal with this the rest of my life. But no. We had to let it go to its full completion. Had to let it fully play out. That a thorough work would be done. That I would be changed and transformed so that I could be here today. So that I can do what I'm doing today. I am who I am today because of what happened to me yesterday and so are you. 
And some of you may have taken some shortcuts that you need to go back and deal with. I know from time to time I find some that I have to go and say, hey, look, I didn't, I didn't fully learn everything I needed to through this situation. Let me just give you a couple more joy biblical verifications. Nehemiah 8.10, the last half, it says, For this day is holy to the Lord. Don't be sorrowful, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And in Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, a joyous heart does good like a medicine. And a cheerful mind. See, clarity. Biblical Holy Spirit clarity. A merry, happy, cheerful, and joyous heart does good like a medicine. But you know, God's word is also a good medicine. His word is a good medicine. Proverbs 4, verse 20 and 22. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. This word health in the Hebrew is marpe. It's a powerful word. It literally encompasses medicine, cure, and remedy. See, God's words and teaching are a medicine. They are a cure. They are a remedy for whatever ails you. See, most people run to Bear and Advil before they run to God. But God's word is a medicine. I'm not opposed to taking medicine. Trust me. I have taken a few when I went through that accident. You know, I don't like to have foreign substances in my body. I mean, that's just, just me. So I try to take very little of anything other than vitamins and minerals and that kind of stuff. But when I went through that accident, I don't, they had me on all kinds. I couldn't, I, had a, I went in for a physical and the doctor asked me, I said, I don't remember all that stuff. You know, I can remember a couple of them, but typically the ones I remember are the ones that, that were, had very adverse effects on my body because we got off those right away. I remember they tried to put me on, is it Oxycontin? Is that the addictive one? Yeah, they tried to put me on Oxycontin. I refused to take it. I'm in pain. I mean, I'm in some serious pain. I got a shattered hip and, you know, and surgeries and all this other stuff that they did after the accident. And I'm in some pain, and I refuse to take that stuff. I said, no, I'm not willing to be addicted to it. I don't care how much pain I'm in. I'm not going to do it. God's word is my medicine. But I took some medicine. The doctors go, okay, well, we won't put you on that stuff. We'll put you on this other stuff. And don't believe the lie that you'll never be addicted to anything. I don't have an addictive personality, and they got me onto this stuff called morphine. Right? Hydrocodone or whatever it is, but it's morphine. And the doctor told me, don't worry about it. You don't have an addictive personality. When you're ready to get off, it'll be easy to get off of it. It was the most horrifying 10-day experience of my life getting off that stuff. Man, my legs were, couldn't shake them. What do they call Restless leg syndrome. And, oh, it just felt horrible. And I had weaned myself way down. I mean, I was taking a lot of this stuff. 
you know, and, and I weaned myself way down. I was done. I'm like, I am healed. I'm healthy. I'm whole. I got to my point where I said, God, I am done with the stuff. But it was a tough 10 days. So i much rather take God's medicine than pharmaceuticals. Now, I understand pharmaceuticals can help some people. I mean, we've, technological sciences have extended the life of, of modern man an incredible amount of time. There's a lot of benefits to some modern medicines. But each one of us has to choose what we're, what we're going to stand for and what we're going to do. God's word. That's the first medicine, though, I'm going to turn to. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one that speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes marpe, health. See, your words can be a medicine if you're wise. What's that mean? That means you use God's words. You speak his word. Your words will not return void. Your words move mountains. Your words move mountains in front of you or out from in front of you. I've had people tell me, well, pastor, I don't believe any of that confession stuff. I don't believe any of that works. Well, that's why you're getting what you're getting in your life. Well, I don't believe that. Well, you'll keep getting what you're getting. If you continue to think what you always thought, you'll continue to get what you always got. At some point, we've got to renew our minds. To what? To this. To the Word of God. This, this Word, and, and I said this on Thursday night as I'm teaching on renewing on the mind on Thursday nights um, when they let me teach. Um, but I said this on, on Thursday night that, that you can go and pay thousands of dollars at a secular seminar to teach you how to, to, to become rich or to become the, the, the expert spurt in your industry. And when you boil it all down, when you cut through all of the, the shiny wrappings that they put on it, you'll find the principles in here. The principles they're teaching are in the Bible. Most of them come out of the book of Proverbs. But death and life are in the power of our tongue. Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 16.24 says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health or marpe to the bones. This word honeycomb, it's actually made up of two Hebrew words. Uh, suf and debosh. Suf means dripping honey. Uh, debosh means gummy and sticky. So you literally could say pleasant words are an overflowing medicine that sticks in place and refreshes your mind. I mean, isn't that awesome? God's word is a medicine. Exodus 15, 26. Now, we opened up the service with this, but let me read, read you this, because I want to throw the he some Hebrew in here. He said, If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, obeying His commands and keeping all His decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases that I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. In the Hebrew, it says, I am Yahweh Adonai Rophah. I am the God that has always been. I am the God who will always be. I'm the creator of all things. And I'm the one that heals you. Because Rolfe means to restore, to heal, to make healthful in Hebrew. 
You heard him called Jehovah Rophe. He is Jehovah the healer. Yahweh. Adonai. Rophe. He is the God who always has and always will. He doesn't know anything else. There is no sickness in heaven. Somebody said, well, God just put this cancer on me. God doesn't have any cancer to give you. He doesn't have any. There is none in heaven. He can only give you what flows from Him. And that's goodness, that's mercy, that's healing, that's health. Psalms 103, verses 1 through 3. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all of our iniquities and heals all our diseases. See, our, our praise flows from that inward joy. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I mean, in the Old Testament, he was healer. And we have a new and better covenant in Christ. I didn't put it in here for you, Eric, but in, you know, in 1 Peter 2.24, it says that he, in his body, bore our sins. That we, having died to sin, might live to righteousness. By whose stripes you were Healed. See, God already provided for your healing. You are healed. You may not be experiencing the manifestation in it at a certain point in your life, but that doesn't change how God sees you. Because He already paid the price. He already did the work. He already made the provision. You are healed. In Exodus 23, 25, it says, So shall you serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and water. And He says, And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. If you will serve the Lord. What is that talking about? That's talking about Luke 12, 31. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and His provision for health. Seek first the kingdom of God and His prosperity. Seek first the kingdom of God and His peace. Jesus said, peace I give to you, not like the peace the world gives. See, Jesus gives peace that passes all understanding. And it's designed to guard your, your heart and your mind. In Jeremiah 30, 17, it says, I will restore health to you and heal your, all your wounds, says the Lord. See, Jesus is in the restoration business. If you need restoration, Jesus is the answer. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not grow weary while we're doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. See, in whatever season you're in, realize to not lose heart. Maintain your joy. Maintain your peace. Maintain what God has put on the inside of you. God's medicine, His Word, a merry heart, a cheerful and joyous heart, brings health wholeness and healing. A merry heart does good like a medicine. God is our healer. He's our life giver, our provider. 
Last Sunday of every month, we dedicate to, his, to Him, acknowledging Him as healer. In the Gospel of Mark, it says, Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9, your word says, If I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com. Or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.